As Sharad Sadek celebrates our 125th anniversary this weekend, our celebration is mingled with sadness as we join with the greater community in remembering the 11 victims who were killed by a white supremacist gunman one year ago at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. On the Shabbat following the shooting, I delivered a sermon titled, A Eulogy for the Minion, offering a way in which we, a synagogue just over a thousand miles away, could reflect upon and respond to the tragedy. As I share that sermon with you again this weekend on our podcast, we remember the victims and pray that their memory is a blessing to their families, their community, and to a wider world, as we are inspired to live our lives better, as we aspire to learn from the values through which they lived their lives. Zichronam Sarikin Livracha. May the memory of the righteous always be a blessing. eulogy for the minion. The words minion with a Y-A-N and minion with an I-O-N may sound the same, but while they both refer to a group of people, the words could not be further apart. Minions with an I-O-N are unimportant, uncounted masses, the followers of a leader who are ignored as individuals. But the Hebrew word minyan, pronounced minyan in English and spelled with a Y-A-N, are the 10 Jewish adults required for communal worship. Baruchu, Kaddish, and the reading of Torah all traditionally require a minyan. While the members of a minyan are gathered together to worship, it is the opposite of minyans with an I-O-N as it is specifically each of their value as individuals that makes their gathering as a community so important. It's the presence of these 10 unique, valuable individuals that officially makes a community a community in our tradition. In the Talmud, there is some debate as to the number, with some allowing as low as seven or even six, but ultimately there is no question. The number is 10. And the rabbis weren't concerned that any of their communities would have a difficult time meeting this goal because each had a group of men called batlanim. Now the batlanim were men, for in Talmudic times and still in Orthodox Judaism today, a minion required 10 adult men. And these batlanim had no profession. Their life was committed to the synagogue, and they spent their time both studying and working in the synagogue, and they were the ones who were always there, on time, not only for Shabbat, but for the three minyanim, the three services every day. Rashi adds in defining the Talmudic batlanim that they occupy themselves with the needs of the community. And in the words of Rabbi Abraham Milgram, the Batlanim constituted the core of the permanent congregation and were highly respected for their piety and learning. Unfortunately, the term Batlanim gained a negative connotation over time, as synagogues would actually hire ne'er-do-wells, giving them a small wage with the same goal of ensuring there would be a minion at their daily services. 
The concept, however, of the batlanim is a beautiful one. That there are those in a congregation who are so in love with Shabbat, so committed to their community and to the concept of minyan, the idea that a community cannot worship without a community, that they make sure that they are present, ready to be counted, ready to be counted on. Now, in our reform community, we are often more flexible with the idea of minion. But that doesn't mean that we at Shari Tzedek don't have our own batlanim. We affectionately call them Friday night regulars. <laughs> and even when there is nothing special on a given Friday night, when it's pouring outside, maybe there was a tornado earlier in the day, even when schools are on vacation, Cantor Canizaro, Rabbi Farb, and I know that we will not be alone. We know that you will be here with us, praying with us, giving us strength. Even on an evening like this when our sanctuary is full, please know that we know you are here and we appreciate you. And in today's conservative and orthodox synagogues, again, while perhaps not using the word, batlanim are quite the known entity as well. Anyone who has been to a conservative or orthodox synagogue on a Saturday morning showing up at the listed service start time knows that most conservative and orthodox Jews do not arrive on Saturday morning at the listed start time. But at just about every one, there are those who are there before the scheduled time, often before the rabbi or cantor, as they are the ones who not only make sure that there is a minion, but also often lead those opening prayers and welcome the rest of the congregation as they arrive. At Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Shabbat morning services begin at 9.45. So when the shooter entered the sanctuary at 10 o'clock, these batlanim were the righteous souls that he encountered. 69-year-old Irving Younger would often not only welcome any guests, the only others who might arrive on time, but he would also make sure that anyone less knowledgeable of the service knew the current page in the prayer book. While the rabbi happened to be there last Shabbat, 87-year-old Melvin Wax was the one who would lead the beginning of the service if the rabbi wasn't there or was running late. 59-year-old Cecil Rosenthal and his 54-year-old brother David Rosenthal, two developmentally disabled adults for whom the synagogue was home, the place in which they knew they would be loved for who they were, were also the first to say Shabbat Shalom when you entered and were sure to let any visitors know what a special place they had found at Tree of Life. While the other members of the community may have felt that they were taking care of Cecil and David, I have no doubt that their love and gentle compassion served as a source of comfort for their larger community. 97-year-old Rose Mallinger and Sylvan and Bernice Simon, 86 and 84, the two of whom had been married on that very bema 62 years ago. Dr. Jerry Rabinowitz, who had been present in the building for a different service in another room where he was also likely one of the first there. 
but who ran toward the gunshots, thinking that people might be hurt and need his help. 75-year-old Joyce Feinberg, 65-year-old Dr. Richard Gottfried, and 71-year-old Daniel Stein. These were the members of the Minion, the Batlanim who arrived early last Saturday morning, who on the Shabbat on which we read of Abraham and Sarah welcoming strangers into their tent for a moment may have thought that they were welcoming a new visitor into their sanctuary before they realized that they were under attack because of their desire to welcome others into the Jewish community that they cherished. I mention each as individuals because they are not minions. They did not show up blindly each week just because they were told to. They were the minion. Eleven individuals who were there because they wanted to be there, each of whom brought their history, their priorities, their core values into the service with them. Each offered their prayers as individuals, and each gave something unique to their minion, to their service, to their community. As we prayed for strength and healing during our Mishaberach for the Tree of Life community, we know that their minion will never be the same without these 11 souls. Going into any synagogue will never be the same for the members of Tree of Life, having witnessed what they witnessed, experienced the extreme feelings of vulnerability that they experienced. We also know that all of us, Jewish communities and vulnerable communities everywhere have felt exposed and afraid with them. We see ourselves in them. We feel that it could have been us. Unfortunately, we risk becoming used to feeling vulnerable, exposed, and afraid. With so many shootings, with so many acts of terror, we know, however, that this one felt different. I've shared with some of you this story, but it's worth sharing again. On Sunday, I asked my confirmation class if it felt different coming to the synagogue that day than it had going to school the day after Parkland. One student raised her hand and shared that it did. She said, they attacked a high school in Parkland but they didn't attack the idea of high school. Pittsburgh was an attack against the Jewish people, and it could have been any of us. Another of my friends shared that going to synagogue on Sunday morning felt like an act of bravery, and going to a place that by its definition is a place of safety should never feel like an act of bravery. I know that even this evening, as we've acknowledged, in spite of the amazing men and women who are here today and every day to keep us safe, that we too may feel different than we did last Shabbat or the last time we sat in this sanctuary or any sanctuary. We too may have felt scared coming this evening. We see ourselves in them and it's scary. One way in which we could react would be to stay away, to avoid this place. And it would be understandable. For anyone who felt uncomfortable coming tonight, perhaps you're watching on the live stream or maybe listening to the podcast or hearing from a friend, please know I understand your feelings. 
and I'm here to speak to any of you, anytime. But in seeing ourselves in them, we have another option. We can look at Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Rose Mallinger, Jerry Rabinowitz, David Rosenthal, Cecil Rosenthal, Bernice Simon, Sylvan Simon, Daniel Stein, Irving Younger, and Melvin Wax. And we can be inspired to be Batlanim like they were. Tonight in synagogues around the world, the hashtag show up for Shabbat. I don't know what the hashtag means either, but it's okay. (laughs) Show up for Shabbat has symbolized that feeling that so many have been feeling this week. One evil man wanted to take Shabbat away from us, wanted to make us afraid to be who we are, to be counted as members of our community. But instead, countless numbers of Jews and non-Jews are sitting in synagogues this evening, inspired by the victims and showing up. There may be too many to count, but they, we are not minions. We tonight are a minyan, each of us bringing our own history, priorities, and core values into this service with us. Now, this is not a guilt trip to try to get you to come to services more often, (laughs) although I'll take it. (laughs) Rashi explained that the Batlanim occupied themselves with the needs of the community, whether greeting a visitor, helping someone find their page, or making sure that someone saying Kaddish for a departed loved one would be able to do so. The Batlanim recognized that in any of those cases, it could be them. That there would be a time in which they needed their community, and they had to create that culture of community that was there for all of its members in all their times of need. As a Jewish community, we must occupy ourselves with the needs of our community. We must show up wherever it is that others need us, and we must be counted. We also must remember on this Shabbat that we are not the only ones who are afraid. A week ago Wednesday, three days before the shooting in Pittsburgh, 69-year-old Maurice Stallard and 67-year-old Vicki Jones, both African-American, were shot in a grocery store parking lot outside of Louisville, Kentucky. The shooter went to the parking lot after attempting to enter the First Baptist Church of Jeffersontown, a predominantly African-American church where only an hour earlier, over 70 worshipers had sat in the sanctuary. While many remained, the doors of the church were locked because the church had been advised to do so after nine people were killed at the Emanuel AME Church in Charleston three years ago, killed because they were black. We can be batlanim. We can make ourselves counted by remembering that it could be us any time anyone is made fun of, threatened, discriminated against, denied an opportunity, attacked, or killed because of their religion, the color of their skin, their gender, their sexuality, the country where they were born, 
anything that makes them different from someone who thinks they're better than they are. It could be us. And we must occupy ourselves with their needs. We must stand up for them. So many have reached out to me, to Jewish communities around the world, letting us know that they do not want to live in a country in which we feel afraid. Many of you are here tonight. You too are Batlanim, and we are grateful for you. There's a story about a couple on a cruise ship. The husband is approached by a man he doesn't know who tells him he needs a tenth for a minion that evening at 7.30. The husband agrees to attend, but when he tells his wife, she's angry with him. You haven't gone to a service since your bar mitzvah, she said to him. And now you're going to make me miss the show I was looking forward to because someone you don't know asked you to go to a minion? What was I supposed to say, he asked. It's a mitzvah. So after they finished their dinner, they went to Theater C, surprised to find what must have been 200 people there, all of whom had been told that they would be the tenth for the minion. Some were upset, yelling at the man who had invited them, that he had tricked them into coming when they wouldn't have otherwise. The man stood up and told them all that it was his father-in-law's yard site, and he wanted to ensure that his wife would be able to say Kaddish. Each of you came, he said, because you wanted to perform a mitzvah for someone you didn't know. The number of people here doesn't change that. But if you want to leave, of course, you're free to go. According to the story whose veracity I cannot claim, no one left. My prayer this evening is that in whatever way we each interpret our call to be a batlan, that none of us are doing so out of guilt, that none of us has to feel that we are the tenth in a minion, to feel that if we don't do it, no one else will. I pray that we find ourselves always as part of a minyan that seems like minions, that we live our lives with a feeling that we are surrounded by others who want to be counted, who see us in them and respond to our needs, who see the vulnerable in them and respond to their needs, who inspire each of us as unique individuals with our own history, priorities, and values to be a part of this greater minyan and to serve the needs of our greater community, whoever that may include. For when we do, Zecher Tzadik Livracha, the memory of those righteous souls, will always be made.